Welcome to another episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast. I'm your host, Kimmy Gonzalez. Please join me in welcoming my special guest for today, J6 prisoner, Jake Lang. Jake is calling, Jake is calling in from the DC Gulag, where he has been held since January 16th, almost a year. Welcome, Jake. I'm glad you're able to be with me today. Yes, by the grace of God, we got on the phone and were able to do this uh, interview. Thank you so much um, for having me, and thanks for Look at America for um, the stuff they're doing for us, the rally they did September 18th, the G6 vigil, the candlelight vigil that you guys are doing this um, coming anniversary for us, and um, thank you, Kimmy, for doing this podcast with me. Why, why of course. Um, for me, this is an honor and a privilege. Um, I, I, this, is, this is very meaningful. Um, so speaking of the one year anniversary, um, I know that the conditions at the DC prison have gained some attention lately, um, especially from key legislators, um, like representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, representative Gohmert, Gates, Gosar, um, tell us what are you going through there? What are you experiencing? Um, more of the same. I mean, you know, we, we consider ourselves in here kind of like prisoners of war, um, the democratic regime, uh, these, you know, ridiculous leftists that are just holding it. They want to hold all Americans. They want to do what they're doing to us, to every single critical race theory, um, stand-up mom that goes to these school board meetings. They want to treat us all like this. And the way they've been treating us um, is just downright despicable and inhumane. Um, I've gone through 200 plus days of solitary confinement in one stretch where I was out of myself for one hour a day, locked in it for 23 hours a day. I have not been able to see my father or my mother or my sister in a year since I was arrested. Um, I mean, you would think that I'm in a third world country locked in like some kind of like Taiwan or, you know, it's a Taipei, uh, Chinese, like, um, political descendant prison where, you know, they hose you down and beat you for expressing your political beliefs. But no, I'm in the nation's capital and outside my window, I can see mothers walking, uh, their kids with the strollers and people with their dogs and right across the other side of the fence, I'm like in this, like, uh, dislocated world where I can't see my family, I can't have video chats. I can't get a haircut or a shave. I can't have religious services. And all this is done in the name of COVID tyranny, medical tyranny, and just to punish pretrial detainees who have not been found guilty of any crime yet. And it is horrendous. Definitely horrendous. And I, I like that term that you just used, uh, a dislocated world. I think that is a pretty accurate description of things. Um, Jake, I know the, the media, uh, the FBI, the prosecution, they, they've all tried to portray you as some wild, savage, violent person while at the same time smoothly glossing over the fact that you were seeing firsthand violent attacks on innocent people at the hands of police at the Capitol that day. You witnessed things. You saw the brutal beating of Roseanne Boyland, 
by a female Capitol Police officer. You you basically witnessed her murder. You saved the life yes, of, of Philip Anderson that day. Let's talk about this. Share with my listeners um, about that day. What happened? Um, you know, this is one of these times where America is going to look back and say, "What? where do we go wrong? And the media, the FBI, the people up on Capitol Hill that stand against the Patriots, they're all going to be shamed in history because they have painted us in completely the wrong light. They have tried to put these attachments to these words, white domestic terrorist, white rage, um, insurrectionists. They've tried to paint us with these terms, and nothing could be further from the truth. We are brave American patriots who stood up for our constitutional rights that day and were attacked, unarmed, by a Capitol Police force to the point where they murdered Roseanne Boylan in front of me. I was trying to save her life. This happened at about um, 4.20 in the afternoon. Um, there was a lot of unarmed patriots inside that little tunnel on the West Paris Rotunda um, area. And the police started uh, using this chemical spray, basically noxious gas that was leaving people fainting inside the tunnel. And people started rushing out of the tunnel, turned turn tail and, and hiked it out of there because they're being beaten and gassed inside that tunnel in this closed space by fully armed um, you know, people with and helmets, and gas masks, and elbow pads, knee pads, shoulder pads, uh, bulletproof vests. Um, they were an impenetrable force if you were unarmed. Wow. Um, and they were just beating these un- un- they were beating these unarmed patriots down to the ground. And so people started swimming out of the tunnel. Oh two, goodness. three, four stacked up on top of each other as the Capitol Police are seen pushing over more and more people on top of each other, just mercilessly, absolutely brutal and merciless. And the people on the outside of the tunnel, which I was one of them, are screaming, waving my hands frantically, stop, please stop, people are dying down here, you're pushing people over on top of each other, Um, they're they're dying, you need to stop, the police need to stop so that we can start to pick up these patriots who fell on the ground. And the police didn't listen to our cries for help, they pushed people over on top of each other. Two of those people that got caught in the bottom of the crush from police pummeling um, patriots over on top of each other was Roseanne Boylan and Philip Anderson. Um, Philip Anderson testifies to having held Roseanne Boylan's hand as she died from uh, asphyxiation, from brutalization. You know, she got attacked by batons and hit in the head, knocked unconscious, sprayed with pepper spray and tear gas and this other noxious gas, and just a, a mixture of all these different things and being trampled by cops pushing people over on top of her. From all these things, she succumbed to just a, a, one of the worst deaths I could possibly think of. Um, mm. And Philip Anderson was right next to her. So I'm yanking on Roseanne Boylan, trying to pick her up from the bottom of like three or four people on top of her. I can't budge her free. Every time I get a person off of her, the police push another one on top of her. And basically after about two or three minutes, Roseanne, Roseanne lost her life, and she was beyond saving. And I saw another young man, Philip Anderson, a young black man, with his tongue hanging out of the side of his mouth, uh, pretty close to her. And so I like scurried over this little banister, this little railing, um, fought my way through the police pepper spray. They were pepper spraying people who were trying to save other people's lives. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so I got both arms up underneath Philip Anderson. I was able to kind of hike him up into my chest area, like bear hug him, and drag him down like 20, 30, 40 feet 
from where the police were doing this onslaught, and I brought him to the volunteer medic who revived him because he was completely unconscious. And, you know, he credits me with saving his life in a court-signed affidavit and declaration that we gave to the court at my last, my, my last bond application saying, you know, the stuff that you're saying about Edward Jacob Lang, Jake Lang, myself, is not true. He was there protecting people, saving lives, and he needs to go home on bond. And the judge looked at it, basically wiped his butt with it and said, ah, it doesn't matter to me. He can save as many lives as he wants to that day. We have a narrative and we're sticking to it. Oh, hmm. of course. Right. Oh, my goodness. That, I cannot imagine. Um, and I was going to ask you, just as a follow-up, um, with all that you were witnessing, with all you were seeing, um, did you hear and see, were you yourself begging for the police to help? And, and now you've just explained that, that, that you were trying to get the police to stop, to intervene. That video can be seen of me um, waving my arms frantically and screaming out for the police to stop and to help us on j6truth.org. That's a new website we just came out with that's been picking up a lot of traction with never before seen um, exclusive footage of January 6th that shows really what happened that day. It's on j6truth.org and you can see me um, with Philip and with Roseanne trying to save Philip, or trying to save Roseanne and maybe able to save Philip um, on that website. So please check out that website so you can, for yourself, make your own opinion. You know, don't take anything with the media or anybody says, you know, go and do the research and see the videos for yourself. And we will definitely share that um, your j6truth.org um, will include that notification when we release this podcast, um, but you've made a very, you, you know, you made a very good point. Go see this for yourself because we know that there are thousands of hours of video footage that for, for some reason, our government's not letting us have access to, not letting us see these things. Well, I so can tell you, I can tell you why about that a little more. So they the have one left. and the DOJ, I can call you back here. We can pause the, Thing in a little bit, but um, the FBI and the DOJ have this thing signed, sealed, delivered from the very beginning to the very end. They have taken away almost every single patriot they've arrested social media so that they can't share the truth and talk to their local communities and their friends and people and share the videos and share what they experienced that day. They've locked us away, told us that we can't get bonded out or bailed out if we do any interviews, threatened us with further confinement if we do interviews. Made us, our lawyers signed non-disclosure agreements so we can't share these videos and then offered us plea deals and said you have to do a debriefment, which basically means anything you tell the government about January 6th, you're not allowed to do interviews about. So they have this thing sealed up from beginning to end, locking patriots away who know the truth to hide the truth of the police brutality of January 6th that day. Wow, I did not realize the extent of that. Well, um, here's something for the listeners to sink their teeth into. Um, just last week in court, I was offered a 108-month plea deal. Nine oh. years in jail for my actions on January 6th. And they have really put my back and my family's back against the wall and forced us now to start coming out and to doing these interviews, to speaking out about January 6th because what else, you know, like, I have to tell my story now. 
you know, I do not want Roseanne Boylan to die in vain. And to get these Capitol Police and they just clear her name. We have to get out. We have to say the truth. And everybody that knows the truth to January 6th who has testimony to give has to come out bravely and speak up for the truth. Or else I'll rot in jail for 10 years because the jury needs to know this truth before right. they step into the courtroom to know J6 was not just some kind of, you know, white rage, white domestic terrorist violent event. It was men and women of all races and all colors and creeds and united Americans standing together against tyranny using our First Amendment. And we were attacked by the Capitol Police. You're so right that this is an erosion of your constitutional rights. And it, it can it can happen to anyone um, that speaks out against the government um, in in an attempt to to protect the government, in an attempt to protect and stand for the Constitution. Um, brave brave patriots in that sense are now being labeled the enemy of the state. It's and like you said, it's a dislocated world. Um, it is, and you know the people. Um, actually, we just saw on one of the videos in the Discovery yesterday. Um, some of the Capitol Police officers standing by and saying, "Oh, what's happening here is actually not too far away from what our founding documents say you're allowed to do." Um, as they're standing by watching us protest on the steps of the Capitol. Because they're right. We do have the right to grievance our government. We do have the right to stand up against tyranny. We do have the right to defend our country. And, you know, Americans need to organize and to continue to stand strong and not just let the country just fall into the hands of these totalitarian regimes, these communists that are coming. We need to stand strong and band together with love of God and love of liberty. Oh. Definitely good, good, good point. I'm so glad that you are bringing that up, that you are stressing that. Um, I, I hate to, to bring up this aspect, but at the same time, I think that it ties directly back into what you just said. So bear with me. Um, because we need to talk about, we need to address the images that are out there of you holding a police shield um, with something like a bat in your hand, um, in wearing a gas mask, um, and then some of your rallying cries prior to January 6th and, and even prior to your arrest. Yes, 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 that is, that is correct. Thank you, thank you. Um, how are you setting that story straight about why you were there and your actions that day? I, I think you've just tied, you, you've just explained it. Elaborate on that so that we can get to the heart of what was going on. Thank you so much for bringing that up because... Um, you know, why I was there in the beginning, I'm a young entrepreneur, 26-year-old from New York. I was there with a bunch of my other entrepreneur friends from New York, um, promoting my website, libertycentric.com. It's like a free speech social media platform similar to Parler. And um, so I was just there being part of history, showing my First Amendment rights, you know, supporting liberty, supporting my country, supporting Trump, who is a, a president that is much closer aligned with the Constitution than Joe Biden could ever even dream of being. 
and he's brewing that every single day he's in office. So I was there showing support for a constitutionally minded president who loves our country and who's a patriot. And, you know, he called us to go down to the Capitol after his, um, his protest. I was wearing, you know, my dress uh, pants, dress boots, had a dress shirt on underneath my leather jacket. I was not dressed for any kind of confrontation or violence or anything that day. Um, I was just there to, to, to defend my country using the First Amendment. And uh, eventually throughout the day, after watching uh, the Capitol Police brutalize women and elderly people, a lot of them wearing like veteran hats, like, um, you know, Vietnam veterans and stuff like that, standing in the crowd shoulder to shoulder with me, and they're being brutalized and murdered in front of me. Um, you know, I had to defend them because I'm a young man, and, and you know, that's that's just what the right thing to do is you just right. defend the weaker and, you know, the people that are vulnerable around you if you're a young man. You know, that's, that used to be called, like, a patriot or a hero in our country, and now it's called a domestic terrorist. So, you know, after witnessing what our own government is willing to do to patriots who love their country and who are standing up for the constitutional rights for free and fair elections, you know, to not have socialists and tyrants come take office and come destroy this country, we're standing up against that, too. Um, you know, after witnessing what they're willing to do to brutalize and to quell the voice of the people, um, you know, I, I, I started organizing and started saying that, you know, I want to make sure that we can exercise all of our rights. You know, we have a right in this country to defend the Constitution, and, you know, I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly, and I know many people agree with that. We have the right, our Second Amendment gives us the right to form militias, Second Amendment gives us the right to carry guns and be peaceful, and unless you're attacked, not to do anything, and that's what we were doing with our First Amendment that day. Right. And... You know, the American people who love the Constitution, who love this country, will always stand behind those statements. And we see a perfect example of this, I can give you, is in uh, Virginia. They were trying to pass red flag gun laws in 2019 or early 2020 and um, basically abridge people's Second Amendment rights. The Virginians are not happy with that. Mm -hmm. They showed up to the Virginia State Capitol um, with guns. And peacefully protested using the Second Amendment and the First Amendment in concert. And there was no police brutality that day. There was no people who died like Roseanne Boylan that day. And they made their voice known. And the Virginia State Legislature actually voted down that red flag gun law. And so, you know, that's our right as an American to, to exercise those rights, to, to bear arms and to use our First Amendment. And we're not talking about violence here. We're talking about our constitutional liberties. And so I had rallying cries for similar things to that, um, for Americans to stand up and to use their amendments, our God-given rights. And right. there's nothing wrong with that. I did nothing illegal. And I never promoted violence. If you look through my text messages, I said, we need to have a Martin Luther King-style march in Washington, D.C. And, you know, everyone knows Martin Luther King is a nonviolent activist. And so, you know, that, is, that really ties all this together. I, I, I'm willing to exercise my God-given rights to defend my country, and anybody should be willing to do that who calls himself a patriot who loves his country. And, and I think we're we see so much now where the media ha has just taken that fact of um, it used to be that it was the right thing to do to stand up to to we said the pledge in school, we sang the national anthem, um, you. Um, you took a moment of silence when taps was played. Um, all of these patriotic acts, our our media 
has done a fabulous job of twisting that around and made that bad and and evil and we shouldn't be proud of that and 100%. and and so I they definitely don't, they don't support America. No. They don't love America. They don't no. love our freedoms. They want us to be like China. They don't have right. political freedoms. They don't have gun rights. They don't have religious freedoms in China. And that's what these people are walking us down the slippery slope to. And unless Americans stand up now, it'll be too late eventually. That slippery slope, that that is correct. And and we can't let others get get a foothold in that you know we, we can't let them um make us even more dislocated I, i'm just i'm still hung up on that phrase that you use that's going to be my my new thing now because <laughs> it's because it's it that's correct dislocated from a free and fair trial. I've been sitting here for a year without even a trial date set. It was a 108-month plea deal given to me for standing up for the Constitution. And, you know, I think that my trial specifically and some other men in here, but my trial specifically is going to really test the integrity of the jury and yes. the American people to see if they support us exercising our God-given liberties and rights because my trial is not going to be one of did he do it, did he not do it, it's why did he do it. Right. Defend against tyranny. That is why I'm going to be exonerated whenever my trial date is set. I will be exonerated from anything that happened on January 6th because I was defending other people's lives and defending my country. And if the jury finds me to be that to be true, then I'll walk out of that courtroom a free man. And, and, they will. and we definitely um, want to help get your story out there. And that leads me um, to one of my, one of my um, final questions here. How do we help you? What can our listeners do? What do you need from us? So right now we have an initiative on uh, j6truth.org. We're trying to raise funds up to start buying advertisements in some local newspapers here, Washington Times, Washington Post, um, to start to put, you know, do you want to see the videos that the government and that the mainstream media is hiding from you of January 6th? Go to j6truth.org. So we're doing fundraising right now to get an advertising campaign behind the videos on j6truth.org because we have the website. Thousands and thousands of people are flocking to it on a daily basis, but we want to start to reach a much larger audience and to start really getting the truth out of this. Please go to j6truth.org, donate whatever you can. You know, we need to get these videos out there and just for the American people the truth of January 6th. Perfect. We, like I said earlier, um, we will definitely get that information. Um, attached with our podcast so people will know where to go. Um, how, with the holidays approaching, how are you feeling about those things? With, with We just had Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, it's family time. What is this meaning to you? You have one minute left. Um, you know, this is, this is a very, you know, this is a trial and tribulation that tests the very fabric of who you are deep down inside. And if you can still feel love and feel joy, then you know you're connected to God still. They can never take that away from you, no matter what laws they pass, whatever they do in America, whatever taxation they try to stifle you with, 
you're always connected to God and you draw your strength from God. And that's where I draw my strength from, from the faith of my family in God. My father is a strong believer in Christ and he passed his faith well to me. And, you know, we are all united in this. We're all the American family. We're one nation under God. So I just, I, I just call the American people to remember who they are. They're a child of God and nothing can destroy us. All things are possible with God. Thank you, Jake, and God bless you. God bless your family. I appreciate your sharing your time with me today. Uh, we will keep pressing on this issue, and we're not going to let up. Thanks, Bye. I want to thank Jake for sharing his time with me. Um, we are not going to let these issues just simply be tossed to the side and overlooked. Um, I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast. Please share, as it's our goal, to give these defendants and their loved ones a voice and to bring awareness to the erosion of our civil rights. Visit our website, www.lookaheadamerica.org, for the latest news and updates. Sign up to join our team of volunteers and make a donation as you feel led so that we can continue to fight for justice for J6. I hope you are treasuring this holiday season with your loved ones. America first, America forever. <laughs>